Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. That's right. I'm a BMW owner. It's it's weird. You're a BMW owner. I'm a owner. BMW owner, and 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 I will say, exciting as you've seen, as you've seen by the Instagram post, it has the BMW Motorsports stripes on the grill, which I did not do, <laughs> yes. and I feel like every major BMW fan does. I saw it on another X5 in town. I was like, oh yeah. Some of you are annoyed that it's there, and I just feel like you know what? I'm just going to embrace being that guy. I'm fine with it. It's just it's how the car came. You know, it's how the car came. Just yeah. Yeah, embrace yeah. it. Do it. I'm really excited about this series. Many of you have guessed. All kinds of things for Paul's car. We aren't going to reveal yet, yeah, but I will guesses. say good. there are some guesses that are right. <laughs> there are some guesses that are also here, – here's the thing I love about all the guesses that we've seen so far for you. <laughs> you guys are listening to the podcast, yes, and you're gleaning yes. what you know about Paul and I to make guesses, and they're smart. Yeah. They're, and I'm they're, very excited to they're share. They're very sharp, very on yeah. point. And, and when yes, we get to yes. this video that starts this series here in a few weeks, you will see our kind of our full headspace. Again, I know we explained some of it on the last podcast. But yeah, the car's home now. It's cool. My son is in love with it because, of course, it's the new thing. Yeah. And it's a convertible. It's a convertible. He likes convertibles. He's, he's pretty excited. Yeah. He's pretty excited. So it's very fun. I don't think I'm going to quite convert you to German cars, but I think – you you have more of an appreciation having had the Phaeton yeah, sure. and now the Z4. Sure, and so I think there's things you will appreciate about that. Well, but there's so much about like this that. where we are really trying to practice what we preach in the terms of new experience. That is that somewhere in the middle of this cheap car challenge discussion, when you and I are first setting it up, we realized we need to go toward new experience, new experiences here. We need to. Sure. Does that mean next year, a year from now, we go to janky British cars only? Maybe. Who knows? And that's you know. the new experience, and yeah. we're constantly broken down for real. What, what I what I would love to do is do this cheap car challenge with something that was a quarter million dollars and is now fifty. But you know, yeah. we're doing these at seventy five hundred or less, so it's all relative. Yeah. Well, the cars will be raffled off at the end. They will. Yeah. Who I, knows? I am excited to introduce the new car. The check has been sent to mm-hmm. the good. new owner. Good, good. Well, I mean the prior owner, and then I need to call. I need to give it a shout to uh, Joanna, your sassy dispatch. Yes, dispatcher uh, yes. Joanna, who's ironclad transport. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. In Florida, she's based in Florida, which is she where is. this car is located. But Central she, Florida, she is a dispatcher. She will get a really good driver. Get that on a truck and get it out to. She's yes. done that. Well, yes. let's be honest. At this point, it's an annual thing. I apparently do this once a year. So it's been the Lancer and the Phaeton, and now it'll be That's this thing right. for you. So, And many it's of you switching. have called and it's asked switching. me or, or written emails or whatever and just said, what's the, the contact info? So Joanna's gotten a lot of info from this show, which I, I hope she's gotten a lot of business. That'd be she's great. She's just here to give you crap, and okay, I'll schedule a transport for it's, you. It's kind of like talking to your mom when you haven't <laughs> called her soon enough. It's kind of, That's the, that's kind of her demeanor. When you were supposed to call her last week and right. you finally got around to it this week, she's, it's kind of that mom demeanor from Joanna. Nice. Every time I call, yeah, for sure. Nice. Well, guys, welcome back to the podcast. As you heard on the last one, we were driving in the car. We're back in the studio. We're mm-hmm. back home yep. with Todd's new Z4. Yeah, and it's in the driveway. This Saturday, coming this Saturday, is the repeat 
of the Learn to Race episode, that's Season 7, Episode 2, mm-hmm. SCCA Racing School that we went to in February 2020 at Thunderhill Raceway Park. It's very cool. That airs at 7.30 a.m. Eastern, 4.30 a.m. Pacific. Set your DVRs if you didn't catch it last time. Mm-hmm. But good news, we are going to be publishing Season 7 on Amazon and Vimeo yep, sooner than we have before. So that well, will, we're working on it, yeah. We're in the mix, and as we said, Amazon, the way you publish on Amazon, elements of it we don't have control <laughs> Once over. Once I hit the public- being button, kind. It vanishes to the big I, behemoth. It's yes. like watching the world's longest scroll bar. It's just like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. So that is happening. Meanwhile, on YouTube, a couple of things are going on. A lot of you have watched the Z06 piece, which is back from season four. We just dropped yeah, that on yeah. YouTube on our main channel, the Everyday Driver channel. And then in case you haven't heard, update, there's a new channel now. Mm-hmm. We have an alternative channel that is mainly for all of these great press cars we're getting in weekly. So at least weekly content. In fact, we're going to have bi-weekly content coming up. Two videos a week coming up on that channel. It now has a URL you can find. YouTube.com slash test drive videos. That is our test drive channel. Test drive videos is where you'll find it. There's already 30-something pieces on there. Again, there's two a week coming. But thank you to those of you that have seen it or go if you haven't because an old episode of season three – Wrangler versus Moab. It's you and me yeah, in a JL Wrangler Rubicon trying Moab with no experience and my son in the back just kind of playing Jekyll over our shoulders and, and making comments. And his yeah. endless trust yes. of you and Uncle Paul. Uh-huh. Yep. And he just thought it was the greatest thing ever. And we're going, okay, Moab's four hours from us. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's take the new Jeep because it had been there for the Easter Jeep Safari. Yep. And FCA called and said, hey, we realize you guys are four hours away. Do you want the Jeep? And we mm-hmm. promptly drove it back to Moab, it, which was great. It arrived in my driveway with Moab dirt in the creases of the top, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. promptly went back and got more. So that it's was great. great. So that yeah. actually just dropped on the Test Drive channel. Again, that, again that's youtube.com slash test drive videos. Or you can go to our website, everydaydriver.com. Go to the YouTube tab. You can find the channel there. So that video is on that channel now. We'd love for you to watch it. It's very fun. Yeah, more content is being populated, and now that's where all the new test drives are being populated. Mm-hmm. The first YouTube channel will cover the cheap sports car challenge for the next year. So, And also all uh, of yeah. our old TV episodes yeah, and old big TV comparisons. Episodes, yeah. That's going to be much more of either a comparison channel or it's going to cover these, uh, <laughs> these car challenges that we're doing. So we can focus that a little bit. We're very excited about it. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is important. This applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all of the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. I know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss a deal on that perfect car. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. We have a great debate, a couple of great debates for you. First of all, we've got David B. in Central Virginia. He is looking for definitely something new. He's got actually a difficult email, and I like it when the emails are very challenging and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of twists and turns, so he writes to us with that. We've also got Charlie, who lives in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, who drove his ideal car, realized he can't afford it, (laughs) and wonders, what is the the equivalent? What's close, yeah. What's sort of like it, but Mm -hmm. I I can't really get what I want. So what's in that range? We've got a great debate for both of you. But let's dive in. First of all, David B., Central Virginia, is currently driving a 2013 Subaru Outback with 152,000 miles on it. Okay, all right. He likes it. He's got an oil leak that's going to be expensive to fix. 
it's not quite the Phaeton level of not quite that scary, fix. but you know, he's, he's looking at cost to value of the car. Yeah. And that's the big thing you have to debate is when is this car just not worth fixing? He's at that spot. Well, the problem is since he bought the Outback, it's been in the shop every six months for one thing or another, wow. but nothing big until now. When he's got to go to work, he drives 120 miles a day round trip through mm. the country on mostly 55 mile an hour empty roads. Mm. He does get to work from home these days, but he's still doing the drive. His first car was a hand-me-down 1980s diesel turbo Mercedes, which instantly qualifies you as a car enthusiast. And now you can run them on what, like fry fry grease? Indeed. Yeah, I, I just, feel like you drive behind an 80s diesel Mercedes now and you just smell the McDonald's. That's just what happens, yeah. They should put a nozzle out there <laughs> in the parking lot, and it's just an underground tank where they pour the fry grease. You can pull up. Drive through in one order, lane, diesel in the other. We'll come yeah. fill you up. Full service. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. He got a 1995 Jeep Grand Cherokee. He drove until it had over 275,000 miles. Wow. So he's used to high miles, he said. Jeep was good, but started to leak from the roof and other things on the horizon yeah, that sure. made him get for out sure. of that. So he had some bridge vehicles until he got the Outback. And he says he likes how the Outback drives and the miles per gallon. Okay. He says it's comfortable to drive, doesn't have too much body roll. He's five foot nine, so he doesn't have any size restrictions. That's helpful. But the tech is dated. And he yes. says, I need something Better. It doesn't accelerate great. He's, he's willing to sacrifice something faster, something quicker for miles per gallon okay. because of how far he's got to drive. And he says, you know, the dealership nearby lent him a 2020 Outback that drives the same, has newer tech, <laughs> but he wants something different. Swap out that Outback for this Outback. Guess what? It's kind Let's of the same. Let's just pull the tech out of that. Can you That's upgrade very funny. It? Yeah. Keep going. His wife has a 2010 Honda Odyssey with 160,000 miles. No issues. These are not low-mile car folks. They are not. They're, they're driving these cars, yeah. She wants something cooler, like an SUV. Okay. The first car she bought was a Saturn Sky. Okay. There you go, Todd. Yeah, cool. Which she they're loved, great. but sold once they got married and then traded that for a Saturn View, which is not really even a lateral move, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> it's not. It's the same brand, but the wrong direction. It just yep. went the other way, mm -hmm. but it was fine. He hated yeah. it. He just he calls he it out. He, it, hated, yeah. he hated it. It seemed terribly cheap. And so after a few years and two kids, they sold it and got the Odyssey, <laughs> which clearly has been a soldier. I mean, it's just it's just working, doing that stuff. So there's two things going on here. He really, really wants something different to commute in. Mm -hmm. But his wife is also really? going, I really want to do something other than this Odyssey. So while he kind of feels like it's his turn, uh, his wife is saying, uh, what about me? Yeah. So we have two ways to do this. Either one car for twenty dollars to $30,000, or they trade both those out, the Odyssey and the Outback. Both go, and we now have forty. And yeah. I'll go ahead and say, yeah. David, if you go spend thirty grand and get yourself something nice and your wife's in the Odyssey – you're going to hear about that a lot. I'm just, I'm just letting <laughs> you know, man. One, one, one married guy to another, that, that's, that's not going to go quietly. So I think I, I only went with the two-car option. I did as well. Good. I am acknowledging, David, your wife. She is also wants something nice, and I, I think we should look for an SUV for her. But David wants a car for him for years, something he can drive over 30,000 miles a year. He wants four doors so his kids can ride with him. Okay. He does need something nice because sometimes he needs to give customers or coworkers a ride. He says he got his fill of being embarrassed to give rides when he had that Jeep. Hmm. His dad is Mercedes loyal. He's always liked the idea of a Porsche or a BMW, and he likes to mountain bike. He's expected to report to work during hurricanes and snowstorms so he could use the SUV. <laughs> 
So this is challenging in the sense that not only we're shopping for two cars, Mm -hmm. but we've got the challenge of what he needs. It's got to be reliable, long-term commuter, Mm -hmm. and also something nice that he's proud of. Mm -hmm. So when people get in, they're not hovering above the seat to try not to stick to it and go, how far do we have to go? Excellent point. You're right. Can we take my car next time? (laughs) It happens. Now, for his wife, a midsize SUV. She and he both like the Porsche Cayenne, Audi Q7, Mercedes GL, and Land Rover Discovery. He is afraid, though, of high repair bills. Okay. She wants something comfortable and nice. Reliability is important. Doesn't need to be good miles per gallon or to be fast. Hellcat Durango, my friend. (laughs) And done. Thank you for writing. Hellcat Durango. (laughs) Only $70,000. It's going to be fine, yeah. They're going to be a special car. They're not making too many of them. <laughs> Hellcat Durango, come on. For the entire family to get wrapped around a tree. It's going to be great, yes. It is the family car. They need room for bags for family vacations. She requires a backup camera. Good news, many of the SUVs I believe we're going to suggest do have backup cameras, and it is now a federal law that all new cars yep. have backup cameras. So anything you go newer, I think 2018, 2019, somewhere in there, I don't know exactly when that law was passed, but most new cars couple of years old will still have them, but all new cars definitely do. She can't drive a manual and this will probably be the vehicle that he does use to go mountain biking with his son and to work in the bad weather. I think, I think I've solved your garage, David. Good. I'm glad I'm excited. And you mentioned earlier that you both like Porsche Cayennes, but you're afraid of high repair bills. Mm-hmm. Exhibit a Todd. Yes. You have a base Cayenne 2010. I do. I do. And you have put money into it, but those are the things, when you do, it takes you a long way. Well, and that's, a lot the, of miles. that's the thing. We have only had two repairs in the almost six years we've owned it that have been surprise repairs. One was actually a known issue with the knuckle on the center of the drive shaft. And the other one was an issue with uh, the, the head gasket, essentially the heads. Uh, so those are the two that we've done. That Those two surprises have cost a grand total of about uh, 1500 two grand, both of those. Combined. Combined. That's not bad. Uh, but otherwise, what we've done has been the normal stuff. Oil changes, brakes, the stuff that has maintenance intervals. We got those things fixed at maintenance intervals. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with Porsches in this regard is you're spending more than you would for the same stuff of an equivalent Chevy. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I would calculate 20 to 25% more than what it would cost you to do that. It's not like it's twice as much. It's not that kind of thing. But it's probably 20 25% more than you did your Honda or your Chevy. Okay? Sure, sure. But this car's just run. And by and large, look, we've had Jeeps. We've had GMCs. We've had lots of things. This has been our best, most reliable family car. I think – I'm going to go straight to Cayenne for you and your wife. I think you've got forty grand. Spend twenty. Maybe twenty five, but I would say twenty on a nice Cayenne. Get a second gen. They'll start at twenty eleven. Get a base one. They should have backup cameras by that point. You're going to have to dig in on that. I know that they're an easy retrofit. If not, I know that Porsche makes a retrofit. But anyway, so get a twenty eleven and up base Cayenne because as you get into the much higher levels, there's more stuff to go wrong. They're cranked mm. up higher. There's more tech. That's been the beauty of what we've had is it's just – it's fine. It just runs, and it's got decent power. It's going to have a lot more power than the stuff you've had so far. I think that base Cayenne is the beginning and end of what your wife needs. That's so awesome that you said that because, David, I went shopping, and I did find a 2012 Cayenne, which is the second generation. Yes, it is. For $20,900. Oh, I love it. I love it. Done. Now, it's got 91,000 miles, but that is – 
barely broken in compared to the cars you drive currently. That's true. I have 130,000 on our Cayenne right now. Let's say you buy it with 91 and you have it for 40,000, 50,000 miles. That's, you know, year and a half of driving for you, which is not normal. But yeah. still, I believe those will go. And I'm not afraid of the high miles, especially when you're putting them on regularly mm. and doing regular maintenance. The car is just going to go. Yeah. yeah. 20 grand, get yourself this 2012. I wouldn't be afraid of it at all. Not a problem. And that does get you, I think, a cooler body style. I do like the one, the body style that you've got, especially the GTS. Yeah, but, but this is only one, only got better though. Yeah. It, yeah, it got better. It, it actually is uh, improved quite a bit. And so I think you could do this very easily. And so we're splitting the garage here as the $40,000 budget for both. Mm-hmm. I'm counting on you buying a Cayenne now. Okay, well, I, twenty grand. I'll, I'll give two alts. I think if you are scared of Porsche, I want to give you two alts. Where I was thinking about your wife wanting something stylish and nice, but you're worried about maintenance and costs. Shop Volvo XC40 or XC60. Just go look. Sure. Are they twenty grand? Is my the sixties have been around long enough. The forties maybe not. The forties are great. Forties are great, though they're really good. But twenty grand is going to be tough. You yeah, could spend more, but then they're two or three years old. You're going to have to shop around and look. But I think both of those are worth the cross shop. Whereas the Cayenne has definitely been around long enough. We've discovered it already. You had one that works. Don't be afraid of Porsche, David. Yeah. Don't don't be. I wouldn't. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, so that leaves us about twenty thousand dollars now for you, David. I am looking for the twenty eighteen and newer Acura TLX. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, go on. I say 2018 and newer because the car had rhinoplasty, finally. Yeah, okay. It got rid of the weird, unattractive grill on that TLX. (laughs) The prior cars are fine, but they had a lot of changes, and I believe the handling got even better. Super handling all-wheel drive. It's not just a marketing gimmick, and I think that that is the sweet spot. The issue with those cars is that they're not quite 20. If you can find one (laughs) for 20, get it. Okay. But they're there's still a little touch more than that. They're well, but, but if he's balancing 40 grand, he may be able to make that equation work. I see it. Something like that. Yeah, it depends on how much you spend on the Cayenne. And then if you just add a few extra thousand dollars to the budget. <laughs> should be As really you're prone to do when you listen to Paul. I get it, yeah. And I like the TLX, but I do have the car for you, I believe. Okay. It is all-wheel drive. It's a 2020 and Whoa. I found one for $21,000. It is a Mazda 3 all-wheel drive. It's on my list. Twenty-one grand, my that's, friend. That's a lot of car for that money. That's a lot of car. That is spectacular. Because you could go get a brand new one, mm-hmm. but still, 2020, slightly used with a few thousand miles on it. For 21, that's, that's for 21. a steal. That is a steal They're not car. many at that price. True, They're still, yeah. Most are still a little bit more expensive than that. However, all-wheel drive, Mazda 3, winter tires, Nice place to be, yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. And you're concerned about reliability and maintenance? You own a Mazda 3. No yeah, problems, yeah. right? Interesting. That is my car for you. Okay, that's, see, that's my alt. And again, we're balancing budget. That's Look, solid miles per gallon there, good interior, some driving fun, but you've got your all-wheel drive. I do want to submit to you that if your wife gets a Cayenne mm-hmm. or any SUV, if you have a terrible weather day, you're the one with the big commute, you can take the SUV. And she can have yeah. your car for which the is day, what he's planning which you've acknowledged. He said he so wants to go mountain biking I'm and if not, it's really bad weather. Totally. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not as concerned about your commute car being the great all-wheel drive weather car because okay. I'm, I'm knowing enough, you can. Enough. If you have to, you can rely on your wife's car and you guys can swap. True. I do like that all-wheel drive Mazda 3 because, again, back to what you said, your fellow workers are going to get in that. 
Oh, it's so Clients classy. It's very classy. At, at yes. that level and that category, yes. it outclasses many other yeah. cars. Very, and they'll get cool. in and go, how much did you pay for it? Very, and very now you cool. got a story. And if that's not big enough for you, you could. I'm just thinking out loud. They've been around long enough. You might be able to go Mazda 6. You might. You might. But I did the, like the all-wheel drive nature of the, the three. The three, but. the three is fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so there's that. But I thought about commute for you. Okay. You're sawing the commute miles. You're putting a ton of miles on a car. Yeah, yeah. You're commuting like crazy. You'd kind of like newer tech and not embarrassing, like an interesting car for this kind of thing. But ultimately, what is it? It's just a commute car. You're thinking it's Hellcat a Durango? Miles. I'm not, actually. I thought of it for a minute. No, I'm actually going Chevy Bolt. Chevy Bolt. Okay. Okay. Now, while, look, I'm not going to argue that the Bolt is luxurious. I'm not going to argue that it is because it's not. The Mazda 3 is more luxurious, but... If you put your coworkers in a bolt, they're going to be intrigued. Very much they're so. They're going to sit Very in it, and so. they're going to have enough space. They're going to be like, what's up with this? Car? This is interesting. Hmm. It's a talking point more than it is a luxurious place to be. But you aren't always having to do that. What you need to do is commute and get miles done. It's an electric car with 250 to 300 miles of range. You're going to have plenty of range to do your commute back and forth. You're going to need to get a charger in your house, but you can get them for like 15, 18 grand. The cars. The cars, yes. And then the charge is going to be a couple grand. And you can just charge it every night. You'll have plenty of range. It's got new tech. I think because it's an oddball compared to what you've driven, I think it's going to keep it interesting. I would not describe that car as an enthusiast car. It's not. Watch our Electrics for Everyone piece. It's on YouTube where we put the Model 3 against the Chevy Bolt. But both you and I liked driving it. It's still delightful to drive in a different way. Not an mm-hmm. enthusiast, hey, this is a sports car, but it's still it's, delightful. It has its own level yeah. of involving without yeah. being an enthusiast car. So I think you might surprise yourself with a Chevy Bolt. That's an interesting choice. I do like that a lot. And the range will vary with temperature, of course. Totally, yeah. And how hard you jam the accelerator and show off to your friends. But he's got a 120-mile commute and at least 250 miles of range. He won't burn it he out. He does. Although the one that we had, when we had it pretty nearly fully charged, it was about 130 to 150. But still, that means you're, as you said, plugging in every night. You can get there and back, no problem, every I'm not day. not the least bit concerned, yeah. But... You know, you'll just have to plug it in. No yeah. problem. What I liked even better was the recent Model X that I saw in the back of a flatbed. Flat, flatbed. Well, but every car gets towed eventually. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Electric cars are no exception, especially when you forget to charge or you think I've got plenty I'll of be range. Okay. I'll be okay. Why are we stopping? Flatbed. Summer's here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. I know that leather seat seemed like a great idea at the time until you scalded your legs. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car, and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I'm telling you, I swear by them. These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Charlie in downtown Atlanta writes to us, after driving his ideal car, realizing he can't afford it, and also confronting his minister of finance, who has set their budget at a hard $22,000. I love (laughs) that one of you writes in a car debate, and we cover it, and you discuss your wife as the minister of finance, and now... It's become a thing. I think that's fantastic. Anyway, go on. 
The car that he drove and loved was the Mercedes-Benz GLA AMG 45. Uh, that, is a, that is a car worth loving. That's very fun. He says, this is the greatest adult toy of all time and it suits all of his needs. Family <laughs> friend like the podcast. It, okay, yeah. City fun, enough ground clearance and space for him and his wife and three 40-pound-plus dogs. Three big dogs. But when you're dealing with a hard $22,000 budget... That's that's tough, really. It's, that's, it's just that's all we got. It's just under where those are living. Those yeah, are living really in the high twenties. See, that's the bugger because if they were ten thousand dollars more, you wouldn't love them quite as much. You'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, they're fully out. But the fact that they're just almost they're right there, there yeah. that makes it really tough. Yeah. I hear you, Charlie. He currently drives a two thousand four Honda CRV that is very much on his last legs. Okay, all he's right. had it for eleven years, ready to move on, despite the fact that he loves it. Interesting. Okay, really, you do. <laughs> the CRV. The, hey, the early ones are cool. I will. I will acknowledge the early ones were cool. Define Honda did cool. it well. Honda. Honda just did that well in the same way they did the fit well. It was just yeah, like this yeah, runs. Yeah. Okay, it's got okay. space. It works. Uh, Charlie, you probably realize by now that I really can't stand the new you're not, CRVs. You're not a fan. Yeah, that's a whole anyway, separate. At least thing. the hybrid. What I also like in here is that Charlie says that he uh, he really really thought the perfect car for him because he likes the outdoors is a Wrangler. So he <laughs> yeah. he rented a Jeep Wrangler for a week in downtown Atlanta. With a manual, and quickly decided he loathed it. He hated it. Tool it for the job, totally Charlie. Wrong Tool for, him. for the that, job. Yeah. Well, of course, that's not a commute car. <laughs> you don't see sushi chefs back there with machetes. You, they're using the good cutlery. <laughs> the good knives. Where do my good knives go? I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> they're not making ceviche with a hammer. All right. He does a ton of hiking. He says the Wrangler has more off-road capability than he needs. Not that fun in the twisties of the North Georgia mountains. Where have we been? really like not twisties. that fun in twisties. Yes, that's true. The GLA is not down to where he wants it yet. Is there a slightly cheaper substitute? Or does okay. he wait, actually? Sometimes we have told... Potential buyers. Occasionally, we tell to you to wait. Not buy anything, mm-hmm. which is rare, but sometimes we do. He was hoping to buy something in a few months, but he doubts they drop that low by then. It will even be worse if you buy something now and then they do drop below that. You'll yeah. grind your teeth. I will say that's my concern here, Charlie, is if yeah. if you could afford a GLA, in, I mean, have a real conversation with the Minister of Finance and yourself. Do you think you could afford a GLA in a year? If it's going to be like three, four, five years, let's get something else. Sure. But if you could afford one in six months to a year, let's just say that. Can the CRV hang on, though? It's on its last this legs. That's a good question. This, these are excellent questions. So I, I think since that's the car you want, and then my other concern is this. You don't want to be the guy to buy the one that dropped below. Like all of them are selling. I, I'm just making up numbers here. But all of them are selling for 28 and somebody sells one for 20 you want to buy the one that's 20? Yeah. You might not. We would. We, we, we would. We, we would because that would be a cheap car challenge. Right. But do you want to do that? I mean, look, we are breaking plenty of our own rules in this cheap car challenge. For example. <laughs> Which is scary, by the way. That, but we did it with the sedans as well. There was no pre-purchase inspection. Every car I've ever bought personally, I have done a pre-purchase inspection. Yes. I cannot advise it more. These cars, we find them. We go, I like the color. Because we, we actually think about color a lot because we're going to shoot them, right? Mm-hmm. So I like the color. I like the look of it. That works. The Carfax is okay. I'm just going to buy it. I'll do a post-purchase inspection. <laughs> and discover a whole bunch of weird which, things. Which, and then the other thing is, because we've kind of, uh, this is the filmmaker, we kind of were planning to shoot the specific car. Like the Z4 is a great example. I did not check it over nearly as well as I would have by which is buying it for me. I was buying it for the show going, no, that, that looks like the headshot. Essentially, it looks like what I expected it to look like. It's, I know what it's going to look like on camera. Let's get this car. Let's right. get this done. Now I need post-purchase inspection and like reality needs to dawn. Don't do this. Let which us I do that. I think leads to a whole other conversation about 
Did you buy the car? Did you get the one you want? Well, you might have paid more. Yeah, fair. You fair, liked fair. that color and you yeah, couldn't find yeah, any yeah. other in that color. And so you bought that. And you paid more because you wanted that color. Mm-hmm. That happens. It does. And absolutely. Is there validity to it? I say yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. fair so fair. anyway, we're off, we're off of the beach. $2,000 more, yeah. more. You know, what is out there that is similar to the GLA, the AMG, mm-hmm. but isn't? If you were to get something now, let's say the CRV finally is it's done parked by the side of the road on some freeway <laughs> you take the vin off and you file it off the engine block and you do wow. put this is an abandoned car wow on, look at that just write it in spray paint okay on the car and it'll go away or you could <laughs> donate it to your fire department or it's a tax donate it come on donate donation. it don't 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 leave it on the side of the road Give like an abandoned thing high school where they can work on it learn to work on cars and launch it for a youtube video off of something <laughs> exactly. while on fire that's youtube gold. ideally on yeah. fire how about a non-AMG GLA? Fair. How about fair. the non-performance version of that car? Mm, okay. I All know right. it's not as low. I know the wheels and tires, and the engine is really what you're getting. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. super high Engine gearbox engine. combo is great I on that car. I do get that. Yeah. But if there's other things that you like enough about it and are mm. compelling enough, mm. you think, well, we like the GLA, and the engine is a bonus, and mm. you know, DCT is a bonus. Great. I'm just thinking you could probably get other GLAs in that price category if you like what they do and how they fit your life. And mm. you could see yourself really owning one and you still get that Mercedes. Great. That is an option. But if it is not an option, <laughs> I did go shopping for you. Okay. All Charlie. Right. I went looking with your $22,000 hard stop budget in mind. Yes. Cause I don't want to hear from the minister of finance and yep. how I blew out your budget. <laughs> <laughs> I found a 2017 BMW X1. X-Drive 28i Ooh, cool. for 21,398. That's that's actually surprisingly good. 63,000 miles. Okay, all right. Then I found more. I found 2016 X1. 199, 75,000 miles. Then I found a 2015. Same thing, 15 15,000, 57,000 miles. But then I thought, okay, let's talk about that steering. Mm. You remember the first gen mm-hmm. had the hydraulic steering. Subsequent generations had the electric steering. Where's the breakover on that, though? I forget where it Between is. Between 2013 and 2014. Ah, okay, there you go. Good. Within the same model, but not the model years. Hmm. Because announced in August 2013 of week 33, the Servotronic <laughs> started being standard equipment on model year 2014 X1 2.8i. Look at you. Research has happened, folks. Yes, indeed. So all model year 2014 2.8 vehicles are equipped with that servotronic steering. You want the hydraulic if you can get it. However, Uh I thought you might say that. Because a few years ago, Car and Driver indeed did their blind measuring test. They did it with a BMW 5 Series. It was not with the X1. Okay. And they found for 11 expert drivers, they were actually more accurate and did better in handling with the cars with the servotronic steering than with the hydraulic steering. Look at you. That's the 5 Series, you though. You really dug in. Not the X1. Bravo. And that is... Okay. It is a consensus, but again, you have to decide what you like the best. That is numbers, not feel. Though. That, that's Keep that key. In mind. Just because they were more. I mean, come on. Let's. That's like the argument of the uh, the DSG, the dual clutch gearbox, is always faster than the manual. It is. But right. Wouldn't you rather row a manual? Yeah. Right. So I'm just. Yeah. Okay. Saying right. that is food right. for thought. But nevertheless, all those later X ones are under your budget. 
But if you want the hydraulic steering, I found a good one, a 2013 X1 xDrive 35i for $14,753 with just about 100,000 miles. It's got 96 on it. Okay. So that's not a bad thing either. You kind of have to yeah. decide what style you like, that kind of thing. Now, you would think, Paul, why X1s? Well, it's because subsequent models of X3s that I've driven have been brilliant on track and rather surprising and mm. break very well. And I think, this is a performance? What? Mm-hmm. How's mm-hmm. this SUV doing this? It shouldn't. It's not even an M. This is, I like it. Okay. And it surprised me. Sure, yeah, yeah. And that's on track where sure. you probably will never take this. But where the you, dogs in the back won't like that. The dogs much. won't like it. Your wife won't like it. But at the same right. time, you wouldn't expect it to be even halfway decent on track. The fact yes. that the dynamics hold up says good things about driving it to the store. Exactly right. So I'm wondering, to get your German car fix, to get something newer, you can go up to a 2017. I found you. I'm staying under your budget. Hmm. Is it going to be exactly that GLA? No, it doesn't have the power of that thing, and it's not as low, and it's not the gentleman's hot hatch that you love about it. But give this a shot. I found Mm. multiple X1s and therefore demonstrated whatever model you like, whatever generation you like, I think you can do it on your budget, and I think you'd like them, Mm. honestly. Look at you. I like that. I like that a lot. I did not go there. (laughs) Where I I really want you to go is actually, I think, the closest to the GLA, even though it's not quite hair on fire enough, but close, is actually the Golf R. Okay. Okay. And I think the Golf R is a really worthwhile alternative. Now, here's the problem: the Golf R at twenty-two grand puts you in the Mark Six. I was and wondering the Mark about 6 the budget. Was a six-speed. Okay. Okay. And I don't think they ever offered it with the auto. Now, the Mark Seven you can get DSG or six-speed. Right. So you would want the Mark Seven. With the dual clutch, which would be great for commuting, and you would have some of the flavor of the craziness of the of the GLA. Not as much, but, sim- but kind of the same you idea. you would hear from the Minister of Finance. I would hear from the Minister of Finance. I would get yeah. nasty letters on letterhead. On you know, letterhead. With, with, the, with the seal. With the, with, with the official seal. With dripped wax. From the, the Minister seal. of Finance. You know it. She drives around with with flags on the corners of her car. You do yes. not mess with the Minister you of Finance. You do not. You yeah, do not exactly. want to hear from her. So, so this is the problem with the Golf R. I also thought about the Veloster N with the new dual clutch. Oh. But that's going to be 25 to 30. Oh. Which is a problem. Are you working your way to a car? I'm trying. Okay. okay. I thought about the WRX. Okay. Which is okay. actually, honestly, everything about your story is perfect for the WRX. We, we avoid it often. Subaru WRX, be happy. Now, in your version, you'd have the CVT because you want an automatic. So you have a CVT. Yeah. We don't yeah, love yeah. the CVT, but at least you can shift it manually. I will say this for Subaru and CVTs. At least when you go to the manual programming and you pull a paddle, it operates like a normal transmission. They've done that programming <laughs> well. At least the software they, listens. They've done that programming well, genuinely. So I thought about WRX may be perfect for you except for one problem. I get the sense. You haven't said so, but I get the sense you want a hatch. Yeah. Which they don't currently offer. Huh. Dang it. Otherwise, it would, I'd be done at WRX. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But they don't currently offer a hatch. You haven't said yeah. a hatch is required. Now, you and your wife and the dogs – could go in a WRX sedan and put your gear in the trunk. It's possible, but if you're dead set on having a hatch, you have a problem. So the place I went is related to where you went. Yeah? Many countrymen. Oh. Because I think it has enough flavor of an enthusiast car while having a little bit of off-road capability. And let's be honest, it's related to the X1 you're talking about. It is, very much. Very so true. you can find multiple mini countrymen's. I think what that sacrifices in enthusiast fun to the GLA, it might make up for in just mini-ness. 
the quirkiness mm. that is the mini. Hmm. You can find lots of options. Again, they can be customized ad nauseum in those cars. But there's, I, I looked up, but there's a lot of them for your budget. So my counterpoint to your X1 is a mini Countryman just might work here. And then, of course, the backstop thought is, can you squeeze more dollars? Don't you really want a GLA? When can that happen? <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah. Wait, spend more. As you were talking, I had a thought. Great. And that is the Alfa Romeo Stelvio. It's bigger than the GLA. True. But it's also useful. It doesn't do the things the GLA does. And I was thinking, are there are they even close? I didn't find any on Auto Tempest, but I'm finding, you know, if you just go on payment alone. Twenty two grand seems low for those now. Four hundred dollars a month for a Stelvio all wheel drive. They <laughs> don't really like I said, they don't do the things. The I'm GLA hearing the does. Minister of Finance on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's thundering horses in the distance, or it's the minister of finance One of the coming two. after yeah, me for sure. Yeah, but Stelvio, I mm, maybe because then the performance, the quadfolio version is like Countrymen's are cheap. I'm saying I'm staying there. I really am staying there. Countrymen's are interesting. They're interesting. All right. Well, Charlie, you're going to need to drive a few things. Mm-hmm. We want to hear from you. We definitely want to hear your car conclusions. And if you've got your own debate, just like these two, we'd love to hear from you. And write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website. Top right corner, under the About tab, is the Contact button. There's also the new YouTube button. Well, it's not new, but when you click it, it does go to the new YouTube.com Test Drive Videos. You can go there. You can go either the original channel or Test Drive Videos. Also, while we're talking about the website, you can go to the Store tab, which has also changed used to be you hit the store tab, you were on our Amazon store. Now you can go to either the Amazon store or directly to Blipshift where we have some really cool, fun, enthusiast shirts. Thanks to our friend at Blipshift and crazy ideas that have come out of this podcast. Lots of cool shirts being sold there as well. Matthew Brown writes to us, whose wife recently admitted to thinking a Sunbeam Alpine is a cute car. <laughs> Never tell a man that his car is cute. But That's on the, on the flip side, though, I, I know it is for you. But on the flip side, though, he's realizing that a car he finds intriguing, his wife's going, oh, that's kind of cool. He's going, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. There could be something that could happen here. They can't, though, because they're going to have two small roadsters at the same time. Mm. So does he sell his 40,000-mile N.A. Miata to go hunting for a Sunbeam? Mm. Or does he wait a year and sell a 55,000-mile N.A. Miata and buy a Sunbeam later? He says a Sunbeam Tiger, a Triumph Spitfire, and an MGB GT were his first car crushes. But he has a Miata because they're all similar to those cars. Hmm. Well, and his other point is that the Miata works all the time. This is my concern for you, Matthew. We both picked this question right away, which I think is great. I think it's really cool that you might be able to afford this car and have this car you've always dreamed about and that your wife is open. What's your tolerance for working on it versus driving it? That is the defining factor, isn't Mm -hmm. it? It is. That has to be decided upon. Before you even shop. Because the Miata, I get the sense on everything you told us, the Miata is you just drive it. You put gas in it. You go out in the garage. You start it up. You put gas in it. You drive it. That's all that happens. And the Sunbeam Alpine or Triumph Fire or the MGB GT, all of those will need more love from you and work and tolerance. (laughs) Todd means money. I do. By love. Then the NA Miata ever will. So if, because here, here's the thing, we all go through stages in life. You may be reaching a stage in your life when having that to tinker on, if it doesn't work this Saturday, you spend, instead of Saturday morning on a drive, you spend Saturday morning working on it. You may reach a place in your life where you're like, that actually sounds really cool. Then go. If it's just 
need to go out, need it to start, need it to run. Please keep your Miata. Matthew, I will say yes if you've got some other car in the quiver that you haven't told us about, mm. that you, you know, you've got some sort of reliable something over here that is a daily or a commuter or something, and it, the Sunbeam is a third car. If that's the case, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But if not, and you're thinking, all right, you know, we're splitting up cars and, you know, whoever can get the Miata keys first gets to go to work <laughs> or gets to, you know, go wherever they're going because you're stuck at home. Welcome to rental cars. I don't want that for you. But if if there's some other car lurking that <laughs> can be relied upon, I'll say yes. That's very funny. Brian Hofer asks a question on the Z4. Actually, there's been lots of questions on the Z4, and I'm honestly, I'm not going to answer them yet. I want you guys to kind of experience the videos with everybody, so I'm looking forward to sharing all of that then. But there is one I do want to answer because it's kind of surprising and innocuous as well, and that is he's asking if my head fits under the soft top of the Z4. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, look, I'll go right there right now. My head touches the top of the Lotus. In a helmet, it kind of punches into the top. My head touches the top of a Miata, and in a helmet, I have to put my head to the side. But let's be honest. In a helmet, I have to put my head to the side in a Camaro. It's not just like it's limited to small cars. Plenty of cars. I don't have enough headroom. And the Z4 is a shocking exception. I've got two or three inches above the top of my head with the top closed. I, I haven't tried it yet, but I bet you I could wear a helmet in this car and not touch the roof. I'm shocked at the amount of room. Do we need to come up with a new term? You know the gurney bubble from yes. back in the days? Dan yes. Gurney he was a tall guy, and so yes. they punched it out, mm-hmm. and it's the gurney bubble. It's now a yeah. ubiquitous term mm-hmm. for coolness on sports cars. <laughs> right? For access for tall people is what it's about, yeah. Right. Well, I'm tall as well, and yeah. I don't have the same problem. You're I, right. I it's have one less vertebrae or something, something. in my spine, yes, but we're I think the that's same the height. And I'm just wondering, do we need to come up with a new term for you that is some sort of... <laughs> bubble punch out yeah the todd accident i don't know what it's gonna be yeah well todd, todd was here yeah uh-huh. <laughs> thumbing my way writes to us with a question saying this month there will be the reveal of the new z car and mm. the maserati mc20 mm. i can't ignore maserati questions anymore <laughs> it's you like porsche know, questions if you want to know how your question gets on the podcast now it has to be about maserati paul's like wait maserati discussion that's cool <laughs> And, 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 re, yeah. and rewind like four years on this podcast, and the Maserati questions probably be like Maserati, and I dump on that. Now I'm like Maserati. This let's is what talk our cheap that. car challenges are doing to us. So, what are our expectations from both? And how insane is it to think that the 370Z will have 15 years of production when it's retired? Yeah, it's the 40th anniversary and the 50th anniversary car. Yes, and then five years after, which that, isn't a joke. Yeah, yeah. I still will see about the Z car. Mm-hmm. If Nissan is wants a piece of the hotness that's going around, the Toyota Super Buzz, the C8 Corvette Buzz, yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing, the Bronco, whatever that is, to make everybody look back at Nissan and want that product for the next month. Yeah. For all of the three cars that I just named, that's it's all the news can talk about, car enthusiasts, mm-hmm. and it goes for a solid month at least. So if they want in on that and they want to be, hey, Nissan, remember us? Mm-hmm. That's the new tagline. <laughs> Nissan, remember us? Exactly. (laughs) I like that a lot. I want that on a shirt. It's not. I really do. We're back because we're not sure if they're back. We just don't know if they're back. But it is. Yeah, I guess I do. I haven't said that word in 15 years. That's really funny and terrible. Then it needs to be 
a, a notch, a price point under Supra, it needs to be turbocharged. It needs to be lightweight and it needs to be really driver focused. Whether or not you're going after sales, mm. Toyota doesn't expect the Supra to blow out sales numbers. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a RAV4 class leader. They have low expectations they're and they're that. meeting them, which is interesting. But what has it done for the Toyota brand? Both Todd and I have identified it now and that is Look what Toyota's doing. They're offering two cars, sports cars, mm-hmm. genuine mm-hmm. sports cars in their lineup. Wow, Toyota. And look at everything else. They're offering a GR version of a lot of things now. Yeah, They're yeah, offering yeah. you know, a TRD version of that. Well, that's cool. They're now offering performance price points at mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. every level, including minivans. Interesting. That's craziness. exciting. <laughs> the Camry TRD, which is one of the craziest combination yes. letters in history. I still maintain GR Camry. <laughs> and let's throw down against an M5. That GR is a Camry all-wheel drive. All-wheel drive. Ridiculous. Okay. So if they want something like that, they they have to bring that Z car to be really really great or it's you know what it's so back to the roots of what we did and it's just so great, nimble and fun and that's what it has to be. Yeah. And I'm slightly concerned that it's, it is not going to be. Here's what my concern is. There was another question, and of course, we're just totally speculating here, but there was another question that I actually asked about this being the tease and not the reveal. And this is my concern. It might just the be. The thing, yeah. it's, coming up in about a, it's coming up next Tuesday, so we will end up podcasting right before it again, and then we'll all see the reveal, and then we'll talk about it ne- late next week. But I think what this is going to be is Nissan's confirmation of we really are making a new Z car, and it looks like this, and it's coming Watch the years tick by on the ticker. It's coming in two or three years. I'm yeah. very concerned about that because – and here's why I bring it up. I'm going to bring up two recent cars to make my point, NSX and Supra. The yeah. time frame between, hey, we're doing this Halo car again, and when it came out, guess what happened? The whole internet turned on it, and by the time it came out, everybody was like, eh. I feel like the NSX has suffered more than the Supra, though. I agree, but they both. By the time they finally came out, people were like, "Yeah, there it is. It's 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 here. Whatever." And then all that came up behind that was most people's negativity. I think I'm worried about an too early a reveal from Nissan, where the car's so far, and I have no idea. Mm-hmm. We're totally speculating where the car's so far away that it doesn't seem real, and when it finally comes around, we don't care. And or you've put a target on your back for going, "It's going to do all this," and all the other manufacturers that can move faster are going to be like, "It's going to do what now?" Okay, those are the benchmarks. <laughs> yeah, I I hope they don't just... We'll see. Hey, we're talking about the Z. Have you seen the new Nissan Patrol for you sand dune-loving customers? I, hey, I, look at this. Yeah, the, yeah, the Z car's coming. Don't I do want that. It, I want it to be really cool. I yeah. want it to wow me. I hope it does. We'll see. Regarding the Maserati, mid-engine Maserati, come on. <laughs> mid-engine Maserati, I think it's going to be awesome. I am excited I think it's going to be brilliant, and everybody will be like, Paul, you were right. It is awesome. Maserati's back. Maserati's cool again. I totally want a Maserati. And YouTubers everywhere will buy Maserati MC20s, yes. Yes. and hopefully I can afford one at some point someday. And yeah, I, I would love that. And yeah, Maserati will be cool again. It'll be like R8, MC20, Acura NSX. A year from now, you'll buy an MC20, and I'll buy an Alpha 4C, and we'll have the Italian Disasters Challenge. Yes. Yeah. Italian Disasters. We still have to do the British jank. The, we do. Yes, whatever we that is. Do. We have to buy Lotuses like, from the 80s. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> you get that, I'll get a Bricklin, and we'll it's, have you some go. sort of challenge. That sounds terrifyingly awesome, honestly. Yeah. Wow. I got Bricklin. a Rover or something, wow. and you got a, I don't know what. <laughs> 
<laughs> you did get an E-Type Jaguar. Awesome car if it starts. Yeah, exactly. I got the I got the barn <laughs> fine with it. Still more money than I can afford. Yeah. Peter Renslow asked a question that I think I've touched on before, but I, I want to revisit it. He said, we've mentioned a Corvette sub-brand. What would that be, and would it include an SUV? No, it would not. I think, and I'm going to re- revisit it, I think there's an opportunity at Corvette, pardon me, at GM, to take Corvette and make it an enthusiast-only car brand with something for everyone. And follow me real quick. You take the Solstice name and you go back to the Solstice Coupe. Mm-hmm, you could make it mm-hmm. convertible, make, but go back to the Solstice Coupe. That's offered for less than 30 Okay, Okay. That's the bottom Corvette is the Corvette Solstice. The next one up is the Fiero. It is the $40,000, maybe $45,000 mid-engine Corvette. Oh, because it's mid-engine, and so now it can kind of creep up exactly. against the CA. Okay, then you okay. have the fifty-five dollars to $60,000 front-engine VET, the continuation of the front-engine chassis for all the guys that like the front-engine Corvette Monster. Yeah. Then you have the mid-engine C8 that starts at 100 Four cars, four sports cars under the Corvette brand, all using names they already have in their stable. You call the top one the Zora, and the the one below it with the mid-engine you call the Stingray. You've got four Corvettes. That's never going to happen, by the way, because the other thing we're hearing, unfortunately, is a lot of manufacturers are talking about the cost-to-benefit ratio of their sports cars. And guys, if we don't buy them, they won't make them. I want to go on a quick side rant here. I was wondering. I, I think you should. Yes. There's an interesting thing going on. That's happened with our Corvette film and some of our other sports car films where people are wanting us to critique them harder. And I'm realizing something in me as a reviewer. Okay. I can take a sports car, put it next to another sports car, tell you which one's better. But you know what? I'd rather you were in a sports car and car makers made sports cars than just made yet another CUV. So I might give a sports car that's the lesser of the two a little bit more of a pass because you know what? Thank God it exists and somebody ought to buy it. And you're going to enjoy a, honestly, a lesser sports car much more than you are a great CUV. Very true. I thought you were going to speak about the G70 and the sales numbers for oh, the manual transmission. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. as enthusiasts, we all say flag in the ground and auto journalists everywhere. Oh, this car would be better if only if it had a manual. I disagree. It is car by car. Personally, I think. There can be such a thing as a bad manual. Yes, there can be. Keep yes, going. there is. And just because it's got a manual and then everybody will complain about, well, it's too rubbery and I don't like it as much. And yeah, yeah it's a manual, but nah. And so not only that, but as enthusiasts, we want manual transmissions to be offered in the marketplace. We do. If there are folks that can afford them, I think we should support our car companies, our manufacturers that do make them. And this is across the board because if you like it, you need to buy it. So you want me to give the G70 story? I think you should because it, it, it relates to what we're talking a little bit about here. You, you may have read this. You may have already read this because it's a few weeks old. It, it, it's not like it's recent news. But I find it horrifying news. And Paul and I just happen to be talking about it, which is why he's bringing it up. The Genesis G70, it came out with an offer for a manual. Now, I will admit Genesis didn't offer the manual with the upper engine, which is the one you want. I will admit that. Sure. They didn't offer the, and they should have offered the manual with both engines. There's however, reasons in there, however, like manufacturing issues yes. and all that kind of stuff. They offered a manual transmission in a brand. Think about this. When's the last time a manufacturer offered a brand new rear wheel drive, mid sedan. sedan sports car with a manual? Genesis is pretty much that list as far as recently. I mean, it's been years since the okay. Chevy SS. Yeah. 
they are no longer going to offer that manual with the base engine because they sold, wait for it, a hundred. Was this nationwide in the U.S.? Pretty sure it was North America. A hundred. Oh, gosh. Now, if you sell a hundred of a product you're supposed to be selling thousands of, guess what? You're no longer going to offer that product. So we can rage as enthusiasts, but if we don't buy the stuff that we're raging for them to make, they're not going to make anymore. Yeah. Anyway. That, that is an issue. The stovepipe asks me a question specifically about used cars. Okay. On the way to work, there is a beautiful used AMG GTS for sale. I saw this. Oh. Seeing how we share an affinity for that car, yes, I need to own that car in my they're life. So cool. I need to have one in my life. They drive so well. They drive lighter than you think, and they're, mm-hmm. oh, they're so good. There's no other road that can be taken to work to avoid seeing it every morning. So he sees it every morning <laughs> and it's going crazy with car lust. You know what's going to be worse is when you don't see it anymore when you drive and by know it, that gone. it has been bought somebody by somebody. Somebody bought it. Even worse than that is when you see it again driving around town. You're like, <laughs> you're the guy that bought it. Grr. <laughs> so the question is, seeking my advice. Should I quit my job and seek employment in the opposite direction? This took me by surprise. What? What is the opposite direction? What, what do you I'm mean? Gonna, I'm going to change jobs so my commute goes the other way and not pass this oh, car. Gosh. That's what he's doing. Oh, gosh. I'm going to quit quit my job and commute to the other side of town. I'd love to take a job with you, but you can only work on one side of town. You're limiting your options there. What if there's a used car dealer over there that's going to sell like one? Then you're just screwed. Is there no way you can afford this car? Is there just is that out? Or is that right out? Free yourself up to go test drive it. Why not? I'm trying to think if that's worse or better. Will that make things worse or better? Here's the thing: I don't think it can make it worse. I really well, now you're going to know how good it drives and how right I yes, am. But but you know what? I'll go. I'll go another place. I'll go another place. You uh, you couldn't possibly marry and spend your life with that unbelievably sexy person that you. Could you're way beyond your league, but you go out with them once. Sure. Okay. 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 I hmm. That's like fifty one percent, forty nine percent. But mean, I, I feel like I feel like it. it's it's drive such it. a it's such yeah. a forbidden fruit right now. Driving by it, it's teasing you so badly. Granted, I will also <laughs> admit this. This is how I ended up buying my original Z car because it was on my commute to work, and so one night, unbeknownst to my wife, I stopped. And took it for a I test drive. I didn't know yes, this. I took it for a test drive. You did? Because it was up on the stand and it was, uh, I loved it. It was like, that's the kind of I Z remember the I dealership want. you bought it yes, from. Yes, it, it was up on those really questionable stand yeah. things. So, so they I could just stopped it. on my way home from work one night and test drove it. You did? And then I went home and said to my wife, I test drove this car. And she said, You did? Really? <laughs> and I said, can I, can, I, can I just take you over there and show, show it to you? And she was like, Okay. I mean, it was it was just above what we could afford, like just barely. But she I, knew. I remember when you. But guys she knew got that it. I hated my current car, and we were kind of looking. We were like loosely looking. Oh. So we went over there. I'll never forget this because we opened up the doors, and as she sat into it, she said, "This is so nice." And I, I didn't say a word, but I, but I thought thought inside my head, I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes." So this is this is how I wound up with a Z car. So be careful, but uh, go drive it. Come on, it's a GTS. Oh gosh, yeah. Okay, I'll say go drive it because how many other opportunities will you get? Agreed. To go drive it. Agreed. And then if you drive away thinking things you can sell, <laughs> investments you can liquidate. Honey, I don't. I only need one kidney. I've really. I've, I've given this a lot of thought. Yes. Yes. Yes.
Thank you all so very much for your questions, for your engagement. We are excited to bring you the Cheap Sports Car Challenge for the next so year. Much fun. Todd's got a Z4. My car is hopefully on its way soon. Like I said, I've got to call the shipper, get that underway, and then it will be here in Utah soon. Unbelievable. In the meantime, thank you for supporting the second new YouTube channel. Again, that is youtube.com slash test drive videos. You can go there directly. You can go to our website. You can find that under YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. choose both. But the good news is there's going to be a lot of new content starting now with the Wrangler and Moab TV episode from a few years ago. And yep. then you can... See a lot of new press cars that we've had, a lot of new test drives coming your way. So thank you guys for the support there. Really appreciate it. Keep writing to us. Keep dropping us a line. It's so much fun. Yeah. Thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.